Welcome to Section 247's The Goal Line Stand, all football, all the time, a Sports Talk Philly affiliate. Presented, as always, by Michael's Glass Company, 215-338-3293. Tell them Mike and Brett sent you DePaul's Table, a modern Italian steakhouse in the heart of the main line, 7 East Lancaster Avenue in Ardmore, PA. ThePaulsTable.com for reservations. Follow us on social media, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at GL Stand Show. I am Mike, joined as always by Brett Halpern. And Brett, your favorite player is back in the league, baby. Oh, yeah? Who's that? That would be one Mr. Tim Tebow. Oh, thank God. Thank God. Yes. Is it- God is very excited. His favorite player is back as well. So isn't it funny how we've literally gone full circle because your first foray into the sports podcasting and sports blog world was the section 247 sports blog to which I wrote, I drafted an article saying why I hate Tim Tebow. That is right. I forgot. I forgot all about that. Yes. And then I went to a, I went to an interview uh, with a law firm. And before I sat down, one of the partners was like, so you hate Tim Tebow, huh? So um, I guess he liked him because I definitely did not get that job. But that's okay because that firm sucked. So. What Kids, kids <laughs> listening today, this is just a simple way to, to tell you. What you write on social media and the internet, it lives forever. It does, but I, I actually stand by what I said. So I don't know. So I actually I was thinking about what led me to write that article and so this was the summer of 20 of two hold on the summer of 2010 and Tim Tebow was about to enter the league or so it was the spring of 2010 excuse me so this and, was before Tebow mania one well NFL Tebow mania this is before the whole playoff then this is the draft process okay. and there was it was I was reacting to the story of him at the combine when he was in the room with 30 other draft prospects about to take the wonder link. And he goes, I'd like to have everyone's attention. If we could all please, you know, either, I don't know if it was hold hands or bow our heads and he was going to lead the whole room in prayer. And someone just said, why don't you shut the fuck up? So look, I, I, I'm going to, I guess I'm, I'm not going to read that article, but all I will say is this. Is Tim Tebow a good human being? Absolutely. Probably one of the better human beings out there. It definitely in the top percentile of human beings. I, I, I And I admire that. Um, I don't share his religious views. I don't share his political beliefs. I do think, though, if the world was filled with more Tim Tebows, we'd be better off. Having said that, I just always got tired of, I, I felt as if his beliefs were shoved down our th- collective throats and that's what i got very tired of and you know look for as amazing a person as he was you know he couldn't really help out his college roommate too much aaron hernandez it's just i got a little tired of it and and again this guy gets so many opportunities i feel like that was just a media angle of it though and i gotta tell you i really i remember it right that's 11 years ago at this juncture yeah i remember that that the religious aspect really being driven. I'm a look. I'm a Catholic school kid, right? Yeah. I graduated from Catholic school, a grade school. I send my kids to Catholic school, so it is. I'm not offended by it, 
But I do remember it being like, oh, and a groan and an eye roll and a here we go again kind of thing. I don't remember. I, I, I'd have to adventure to say it was a media-driven thing. I, I don't remember, though. That you mean that particular instance? Just in, in in general, when he was first coming out, because I bring it up because now you don't hear about it as much anymore. Like the angle isn't Tim Tebow, you know, religious freak or anything like that. It's no. Tim Tebow. He hasn't played. He hasn't had done it. He hasn't had snap in five or six years. And look, I give the guy credit. He he was able to make it to double A baseball. And anyone who follows baseball knows that unless you're in a pandemic and a now shifted around minor league system, double A ball is really the litmus test for a baseball player. If you can succeed there, chances are you're going to make a major league roster. And he didn't succeed, but he was able to get there, and which was impressive, which was yeah. impressive. So he is an athlete. I'm just more of a, at this juncture with it. Is this taking someone's spot? I mean, yeah. I, I that's where I, I agree with you, and you know, again, it, probably he's also. I, I also just want to point out probably one of the more charitable human beings on the face of the earth as well. I know he's like arranged for. Remember, he was born in the Philippines, and he's arranged for hospitals to be built there. So again, he's a good human being. It just to me, it's a shtick, and I, I just get tired of it. And, and as connects to this opportunity, yes. The guy is a physical specimen, right? Just one of the, I mean, he's an amazing athlete. As you pointed out, I mean, did, you know, all for all intents and purposes, did fairly well in his baseball career to, to be able to reach the level that he did. Um, and, and in the process, I know that he uh, reached the level, he reached the level that he did with after not playing in college. Exactly. Yeah. And and I should also point out that uh you know again even though I'm I find him annoying, I know that he uh my cousin who is a diehard New York Mets fan who lives near um Mike where do they play again in Florida? The Mets. Uh they were in Port St. Port St. Lucie, yes. Okay. He so he attends all the games, he and so he meets all the prospects and he has said that Tim Tebow is the nicest human being. So again, it's it's all good. It's all good. But to me, think of all of those great college quarterbacks who just you knew that all they ever were were great college quarterbacks. The the major Apple Whites, the Andre Wares. The, the list goes on and on. Now Andre Ware was drafted high, got his chance, it didn't work out. Major Apple White, I don't even wasn't drafted. It was never gonna work out. This guy just, it's a complete retread over and over and over. And it's such a money grab. The moment he was signed, the cons had his jersey up on well, the Well, they're website. not idiots. No, they're not idiots. But you know what? It's, to me, I think it's a little ridiculous that you're going to put the fourth string tight ends jersey up. You don't even have, you had Trevor Lawrence's jersey up. You don't have any other rookies up yet. Who knows if he actually makes the 53-man roster? Did you see there is jersey? They're calling it assurance, but insurance on it. I guess if he doesn't make the roster, you get to return the jersey. Yeah, I'm guessing that's what it is. They'll probably give you a choice of a player, one of the new guys that you can get. Well, it's yeah. a, it is a money grab. My thing with this is, with from the Tim Tebow aspect, you just laid it out. He might be, many argue he's one of the, he is the greatest college quarterback of all time. We can debate that another day. I, I don't know. 
I, it's hard to really justify that the way college football is played. When I remember when he was coming out, there was a big movement for him to move to a tight end position or an H back position. I, I specifically H back like that. That was, I guess the the new fad at the time. That little yeah. you know, like like a flex tight end. Yeah, and he refused to do it because he was an NFL quarterback. So he said, and he won games. He won. He took Denver on that little run and got cut, but. Now, like to me, it's a little bit insulting to now say seven, eight, ten years later, oh, I, yeah, I, I think I am a tight end. Uh, I, I should make that move when there is a kid from Kane University who maybe has the same skill set, ended up at a Division three school, maybe could go down there for a tryout, make the 90 man you know, training camp roster, but he can't now because you have Tim Tebow. Yeah, you know, and the other component to this, the, the, uh, you know, if I'm a Jaguar fan, I'm now worried. That's all two of them. Okay, well, all six of them, whatever. Six. You know, no, there's there's probably like twenty of them in London. That that is true. That yeah. is true. So you know, for for all of them, I'm worried because, you know, so Urban Meyer comes in and you know. Wow, you know, big deal. So he won in Florida, won in Ohio State. And his genius move. For, so first off, so he, he look, he had the easiest decision of all time. He drafted Trevor Lawrence, number one. Then he drafts with the 25th pick, Travis Etienne, the running back from Clemson. He basically, um, there were interviews the next few days where he admitted that he had no clue but the giant. With the Giants drafting Kadarius Tony, that's who they wanted, because they wanted a Percy Harvin kind of guy, you know, a, 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 an offensive weapon. Now they're having Travis Etienne, who's a running back. They're basically playing him a wide receiver. That's what they're doing your rookie minicamp. Why didn't you just draft another wide receiver, Elijah Moore, who I actually like more than Kadarius Tony? I'll admit, was available on the board. I I don't understand what you're doing. And I honestly think this is another look. Nick Saban, I believe, is a better college coach than Urban Meyer. Nick Saban couldn't make it in the pros. No, I, I agree think with this you. is going to end badly in Jacksonville. And signing Tebow, his next door neighbor in Florida, by the way, it just to me shows that I, this is not going to work. This is going to end poorly. This is when Chip Kelly came into the National Football Chip League. Chip Kelly, yes. Yeah. And signed and, and and cut guys for whatever reason, wanted to bring in his Oregon culture, then started signing Oregon players, where a kid that he yeah. recruited when the kid was in high school. And, and it, it, it's just not going to work. We've spent too much time on Tim Tebow. Listen, nah, I just look, don't want the cons to screw this thing up, okay? Because I need them to have as much money as humanly possible to fund their wrestling organization. That's it. One one other thing, though, about Jacksonville. I don't know if you saw this. So I flipping through the internet. I saw, you know, each team sort of has their behind the scenes of the draft night. Uh, so the NFL actually told the Jaguars. And so now it finally makes sense. You know how every time we're like, particularly when the first pick, is such a foregone conclusion with like, why don't they just call it in right away? The NFL told the Jaguars, do not call anything in until three minutes left. Okay. So at six minutes in, 
they had one of their guys call the number for Trevor Lawrence. And and you hear the video shows, the number you have reached cannot be dialed. It's, It's like, and they kept calling it for like a minute and then they started panicking. And then they found another number that was the one he had with the Trevor Lawrence had with the phone he had in his, you know, the, the living room with his family. But man, like, they, they're sitting there ready to make this huge monumental pick for the organization. They don't even have the right number. It was a really fun. I would encourage been fantastic. anyone to go look at that. that yeah, yep. Imagine if they did just YouTube Jacksonville Jaguars uh, draft day video. It's really funny. We'll find it and we'll post it on all social at GL Stand Show. Let's get to some more important news here. 30 of the 32 NFL teams have announced full stadium capacity for the season. The holdouts as of this point, Indianapolis and Denver. Kind of surprised at Denver, to be honest with you. Just from not the politics of the, the state, but it's a very laid back kind of environment out there, as, as we know, with the, uh, you know, the, the ganja. Yeah. And, um... and I thought they had full capacity for baseball. They have any all star game. Yeah, I, I think honestly it, it just comes down to um they haven't the the state legislature has not gotten to the point or the governor has not gotten to the point where they're evaluating the fall. But the NFL, everyone involved is uh incredibly confident, is supremely confident, both for the Colts and the Broncos, that they will be uh, at full capacity. Now, having said that, the you know the caveat to that is each team, I guess, will still have their own process regarding protocol. So, I now I don't. So, for instance, in New Jersey, we're lifting as of what tomorrow. We're lifting mask mandates. Now, does that mean? Mask mandates, indoor gathering limits. It's they New Jersey went from zero to sixty back to zero in yeah. in one fell swoop. I'm not. I don't want to argue the politics of it. No, no, no. And the my, numbers are good, but it really is. They just went all right, reverse. But my my point being, does do the New York Giants or the New York Jets, as the occupants of MetLife Stadium, when they're holding an event, do they then have the right to say, well? Okay, well, it, it, I don't know. Here's here's a hypothetical. Their protocol is you have to demonstrate vaccination, and then you don't have to get wear a mask. Otherwise, you ha- you have to wear a mask in the stadium. I don't know. Can you do that? Yeah, absolutely. It's just it, it's the the building is a privately owned building, right? Yeah, it's, I guess so. It's not. Yeah. If it were the actually, if it were the still the state building, you know, state run land like it was when it was at, over at Giant Stadium, New Jersey. Well, that's the thing. I don't. I they're involved, so I don't. The New uh, Jersey uh, Sports and Exposition Authority is tacitly involved or tangentially, not tacitly. Any uh, private so institution can implement their own rules. Now, as a fan, if you don't want to partake in that. And you 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 want to or you don't want to wear it. That's your decision. But it's a private. It, yes, it is a football stadium. It is a huge thing. But it is a private. It's private property. Any you can do whatever you want. 
It, it would be like you coming over my house and I, I have a sign saying, you must take off your shoes before entering. And you say, oh, I'm going to keep my shoes on. And I say, well, good, get the hell out of here. You ain't, you ain't coming in. Glad you said shoes. Why? Your <laughs> pants? Know. I was. I thought you were going to go pants. I don't know. No, why. no, no, no. But if you ever watch the Goldbergs, you know, the pants no, come off right away as soon as you get home. Oh, I, I never saw that show. Oh, it's fantastic. You would love that show. Yeah. You would love that show. It, it's been, it's wonderful. But aren't I, they like, they're, they're all Philly fans, right? Yeah, but there's a very much of an element of they're Jewish Philly fans from Jenkintown. Yeah, okay. Yeah. There's stuff that we can all identify. I got you. I got you. No, yeah. So I, it, you're right. It's a a private uh, built, you know, or private company, and it's just because as we had said, I guess this was what maybe even a month or so ago, the Bills were the first to come out and say they're going to have full uh, attendance, but that they're requiring proof of vaccination. Whereas other organizations, I think the Eagles are their full capacity, and it's just whatever. I believe, from what I from what I've read, they yeah. are going to kind of go with whatever this the CDC guidelines are. I have not seen anything saying that you need to have show proof, so on and so forth. Yeah, yeah. that's a bad idea in, in its own right. So you have this card. That you're not supposed to laminate either, right? You see, put it in a, an envelope or put it yeah. in a bag. Yeah, but at that point, they would use, for instance, how we discussed this on our other show, our uh, combat sports experience podcast in the fight show. Um, when the UFC had their first open event in Jacksonville, people demonstrated vaccination. They signed up through an app. And so they basically uploaded a picture of their uh, vaccination card. So that way you're not risking damaging the vaccination card. This third down play is brought to you by, you know, uh, vaxpass.org. You know, it would want to be one of these things. I, yeah. They're all going to be open up. It's going to be 100% capacity unless something shifts drastically in the other direction. Speaking of Indianapolis, happy trails. Adam Vinatieri. He's calling it a career after 24 seasons. And you know what? I didn't realize how good of a beard game he had going on. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's a it's a pretty solid beard game. Um, so the NFL on Instagram last night had a post, and they listed all of the players that entered the league, then retired, and then were enshrined in the NFL since he started playing. And it's close to like 35. It's, it's rather remarkable. He's been around, it's, I mean, 24 years. It's, it's a long time. Yeah. Uh, it's amazing to think that a player has lasted that long. But you're going to have a quarterback, his quarterback, one of them, right on his tail here pretty soon, which is pretty remarkable. Hall of Famer Locke? Yeah. So he is. Here's my only thing with Adam Vinatieri. People always go to the, particularly Super Bowls 36 and 38 to talk about how quote unquote clutch he is. Now, yes, he made those kicks. I always go to, if he missed those kicks, the Patriots still could have won the, those games. It was tied when he made those kicks. Those to me, his most clutch kick was in the playoffs leading to Super Bowl 36 in the in the tuck uh, rule game 
when the he snow. kicked in the snow. Yeah. That was a great kick. The other one, to me, the other two made him the most clutch kicker of all time when I don't necessarily think that's the case. For the Giants fans listening out there, that the tuck rule kick by Vinatieri is the second greatest kick of all time in the history of the National Football League. For Giants? Why? Just in general, but I'll give Giants fans the slot of number one. Scott Norwood. Well, I was going to get – yeah, that's what I was going for, which is that what Scott Norwood went through was a much bigger deal. Let's see Vinatieri – I just look. That's obviously never going to happen. I let's see if Adam Vinatieri kick that one, a forty-seven yarder on grass, and if you lose, make it, you win. You lose, if you miss it, you lose. That's a bigger deal. Well, we'll see it. We'll see it come next uh, playoffs when he's kicking down in Tampa Bay. Oh please, no, no, he's <laughs> done. He's. He, I think he. Yeah, I mean, it's like. Does he have like grandkids by now? I'm sure he's forty-eight years old. He's probably getting. He pretty might have grandkids. Right? Yeah, I mean, it's. Uh, I know I I forget which like player who played. I think back in the day it was Wyatt Tittle. Oh yeah, the story was Wyatt Tittle. His last year with the Giants, the backup quarterback was hitting on his daughter, who was like a grown woman. And he's like, "Yeah, it's time. Time to go. Time to go. <laughs> time to go." Something that something that everybody can agree with: the NFL and the NFLPA. The twenty the twenty twenty two salary cap has been set at $208.2 million. Wish they would have done this now. Well, the, you know, they obviously weren't able to because of the missed revenues due to lack of live gates. But it's as it stands, I mean, there's six teams that apparently have salary cap commitments in the 2022 year that exceed $208.2 million. Um, I know the Giants aren't far. I think the Giants are like two hundred and four million. So thank God it got up to that. Uh, you know, yeah, gives, but a, you gives know everybody what? some wiggle room. We started going early on here in this in this calendar year after the season was over, after our teams were were out. Me in particular talking about the Eagles and they have no cap room. They can't sign anybody. They're not going to be able to do anything. There, there. If you have anybody worth a damn. In your organization that can do math, salary cap math, you always, they're going to make yeah. it work. Yeah, you cut people. You it's all you do is you cut people, you extend people, you trade people, and it works. Yeah, so I, I wouldn't worry too much about that. Now, for certain teams like the Eagles, it's going to play real. It could play real well into their future. They yeah. they created a lot of room. They have draft capital. They have draft capital if. They don't trade for someone like Julio Jones. Yeah. I want nice. nothing, by the way, I want zero to do as from an Eagles as a fan. I yeah. want them to stay far away from that. As someone who's talking about it, please do because it gives us something to talk about. But there is no from an Eagles fan perspective at this point, outside of the blind, I'm gonna go to a Phillies game and do an Eagles chant kind of fandom. Mm. Julio Jones in an Eagles uniform makes no sense. Yeah. No sense whatsoever. We, the Eagles don't even know what they have right now. So yeah. don't go wasting draft capital. A, a first-round pick maybe, at least? No. Well, so I think at this point, so 
yeah, so apparently Julio Jones went to the front office in the beginning or right after the season said, look, I want to be traded. And then they tried, they wanted a first round pick, couldn't get, they listened to offers, couldn't get anything. At this point, uh, the most they're going to, they're going to get maybe a second round pick or a third round pick, or maybe like a combination of like two thirds, a third and a fifth. It's not going to be much compensation for him. But either way, I agree with you. Look, I think the Eagles, there's components of the team that are really good, but there's other components where they're kind of in a rebuild with or youth movement. Let's call it a youth movement. And the receiver room is definitely one of them. Why would you bring in this older guy who, yeah, he's a future Hall of Famer. But look, I'm not trying to shit on Julio Jones. Every time you watch an Atlanta Falcon game, Julio Jones makes two amazing plays, then he's limping to the sidelines. And he's out for like the next two series. Now, that's in the Eagles' perspective. Giants beat writers have been beating the drum. And I think more of this is just for clicks and and drumming up conversation. Yeah. That the Giants should make a play for Julio Jones. Now, as a Eagles fan, I could see a scenario where that would make sense. Now, I'm not, not looking at the capital of it all. I think the Giants are a lot closer than a lot of people. Maybe even yourself. I, you know, I've said it for a year. I really like the Giants' defense, right? Yeah. And when you're starting and you're rebuilding something, that's where it starts. It's the defense. It's always the defense. I like what they have there. Giants are getting Saquon Barkley back. Uh, Evan Ingram is on the team. He doesn't catch football as much anymore. You know, fantasy football killed me. Goddamn prick. Kyle Rudolph, nice player. They made some moves. They drafted really well. Is this a guy, but the, the wide receiver position is lacking. Is this a, well, a guy you could bring in to make to give Danny Dimes that weapon? I don't really think so because, again, he's 32. Like I said, makes two great plays, and then he starts he goes limping off the field. But So, yeah, so they, they brought in this offseason. They brought in uh, Kyle Rudolph. But the name you forgot to mention is they brought in Kenny Gott. They, they spent $72 million dollars on Kenny Galladay, and drafted Canarius Tony number one. That is true. So, to me, unless Julio Jones can rush the passer or suddenly is an all-pro guard, it makes no sense to me. In the NFL, you never know. Maybe you do put him over there at a defensive end or something like that. Do you see him going to Dallas? He's not going to Dallas. Is is that already been announced? Also, hold on. You are aware of what occurred on – TV with Shannon Sharp. Did you miss that? I thought it, well, I just heard I heard the part where he said, I'm out of here. Oh yeah. And I guess that Shannon Sharp followed up about Dallas. He said, I want to go play for a winner. Oh, okay. I didn't hear that part. Yeah. But now there is photos but of But he him. was wearing a cowboy. Right, right. Could he go to Dallas? Maybe. I don't know that that, but even going there, there's it's so murky there with what's going on. As far as their offense goes, I don't know that he would benefit them. You know what? Here's a simple fix to a lot of people's problems. Green Bay, uh, was it, what's it? What's the GM's name? He's got a strain. Brian Gutenkunst. Yeah, Brian. Oh, uh, I'm, Brian, I'm not friends with uh, Aaron Rodgers anymore. Okay, you take take Jordan Love and a fourth round pick to the Atlanta Falcons for Julio Jones. Make everybody happy. I'm a people pleaser. You are a pe- you are a people pleaser. 
the rumor and innuendo was that the Falcons would prefer not to trade him within the conference, which makes sense. People were like, oh, you just got to get rid of him. Well, you don't want to see the guy potentially down the road. Going that direction, if that's really where kind of the direction it's going to go, they're not going to trade him in the the NFC. Who in the AFC would be a a team you say, yeah, don't make that deal? Kansas City, New England, Buffalo. Okay, nope. All the all the all the Oakland, all the contenders. Uh, Vegas, oh, Vegas, Vegas. Well, yeah, he's from Alabama, definitely, definitely. Yeah, that's a good point. You're yeah. not going to be all over that. Chargers, that'd be a great spot. Set him up with Justin Herbert. So he's a guy now where yes, he gets hurt, he limps off the field, he doesn't make plays when he needs to. But if you can get a little bit out of him, and you're right there on the cusp of things, it could work for you. Yeah, t- I'm thinking Tennessee could definitely use him. Uh, Baltimore, maybe not as much anymore. Pittsburgh could use him. I don't really think Cleveland needs that. No, you can't. Oh, you can't I Jarvis Landry, oh, man, Odell I would, Beckham. I would pay to see that. I would pay to see that, though. That would be fantastic. And it, would, it would definitely be interesting. But a lo- uh, Kansas City does have a wide receiver need, actually. Because they did, Sammy Watkins is gone, so so it would be interesting, and that would be an Andy Reid kind of move at this juncture. Miami probably not as much because they just drafted Jalen Waddle. Um, Jets, I mean, they're not contenders though. Yeah, they're not contenders. Well, but I mean, who? That's what Julio Jones wants. Who? But right now, it's it's what the Atlanta Falcons. I'd rather get a, a draft pick from the Jets than say the Kansas City Chiefs. It's there's going to be a 30 spot difference there. Agreed. So, you know, tell, you know, tell Julio the GFY. So we will keep an eye on this as the world turns where, where Julio Jones goes. Does Aaron Rodgers show up? We got a bunch of stuff going on. Well, let's get to this story. This was buried and it came out maybe about a week or so ago. But there was a bunch of cities in contention to get the new Amazon headquarters. Philadelphia, uh, who, who, whom else was it? Philadelphia. Wasn't was Newark though? Yeah, Philadelphia. Like I think the new, I think the metro, like the metro area of New York, New Jersey. Because yeah. weren't they talking about at one point it was going to be in Brooklyn and then Long Island City, and they were going to kind of just do a whole. I, yeah, I, so yes, I didn't mean to cut you off. There was the that, but I thought the Newark bid was a separate bid. Oh, okay. See, I thought they were all intertwined, but Newark was in there. Yeah. Uh, wasn't, yeah. I, I even think somewhere like down near Atlantic city using the old airfield yeah. at one point was an initial bid. Now I don't know that it ever got anywhere. Yeah. But Philadelphia was very much rumored to be the pick. I can remember them actually talking about it, where this is going to bring X amount of jobs to the, to the region, blah, blah, blah. Well, Philadelphia didn't get it. I forget who got it. Was it Raleigh? Well, didn't initially it was New York, but it's not there now. It's not going no, they, because of other reasons they had to the get politics and tax yeah. break. It's not New yeah. York anymore. Yeah. Well, the Amazon headquarters didn't come to Philadelphia in part because the future CEO of the company, who taking over either now or soon, yeah, is a New York Giants fan, and he didn't like the Eagles, and made it known that he didn't like Eagles and <laughs> Eagles fans, and that apparently played into the decision. Not to bring it to Philadelphia. 
Now, apparently, yeah. he said everything in jest. However, it is kind of funny. I, I, I mean, look, I feel badly for Philadelphians who could have gotten jobs. I'm glad that people somewhere are getting jobs because of it. Um, <laughs> look, you know, uh, all I could say is that something, you know, fandom, fandom runs deep. Uh, look, in my household, right? My father, God bless him. Uh, you know, he used to say that for the Giants, so long as they go two and fourteen, and those two wins are against the Eagles, it's a successful season. Now, frankly, because of my friendship with you, it, you know, it, it's always been a we're respectful for the people we care about for them as Eagles fans. But you know, we hate the Eagles, just how you hate the Giants, and you know. But I will say. Um, on this topic of, of of hating divisional rivals, I have to uh, let. So um, it, it was brought. It was on social media. I don't know, Mike, if you saw this. A Dallas Cowboy fan uh, showed Jalen Smith and Micah Parsons, who apparently now one of them is going to have the number nine, and one of them is going to have the number eleven, and. This schmuck is like, oh, well, New York, now you have to deal with 9-11 coming at you twice a year. Like, again, we all tease, we all make fun, whatever. That is classless and idiotic and callous. And that's just disgraceful. Yeah, that one, like that, you just don't, you don't do that. No. Right, I I mean, you can make fun of whatever, whatever else. I can't, I can't make fun of twenty three hundred innocent Americans dying. No, no, not at all, not at all. Uh, Amazon's new HQ two. So it's see, this is goddamn Redskins. It's going to be in Northern <laughs> Virginia. <laughs> Unbelievable, Washington, so, yeah. I mean, Washington football team. Back, see, but that that really does follow with giant fandom, Giants. So the you know, for so for instance, my and Mike, you've probably seen this in the games you come to with me. When they show the out of town scores, when it's the Eagle game, everybody boos. When it's the Cowboy game, everybody boos. When it's Washington, crickets. Like, I, to me, Giant fans, I don't know how it is for Philly. We dislike Washington when wa- the few times Washington's good, but other than that, they're just the other team in the division. They're they're the annoying redheaded stepchild, is what they are. They're just yeah, kind of there. They're an afterthought, right? They they are an afterthought unless they're good, which has been not uh, Jesus. That's been how many times in the past thirty years? Once, twice. Well, the past thirty years, they've won a few Super Bowls. Has it been? Well, they won what eighty nine, ninety one. They won in seven. They won Super Bowl. Well, they won Super Bowl seventeen, right? But I'm in our, in our lifetime. They, they, well, they won twenty two and twenty six for a while. It was very good for them. Every time the Giants won a Super Bowl, they followed up with winning a Super Bowl of their own. But then they then they hired uh, then uh, then they sold the team to what's his face uh, Snyder and then yeah then, yeah so yeah then they they win divisions when the whole division sucks. Look, I I, I feel for the people in the Philadelphia metropolitan area that thought that they were going to get the Amazon H2 HQ2 and have millions of jobs. I venture to say, this is just a guess here, 
that politics probably played a little bit of a part in this. And someone wasn't willing to go where they needed to go on tax credits and so on and so forth. Hence why they're now in, uh, in Northern Virginia. Yeah, look, at the end of the day, I also have to believe, by the way, you know, Amazon being as successful a business as it is, that at the end of the day, all things, you know, being equal, fandom and, and everything else, that they would put it in the spot where it would make the most money. That is absolutely correct. You yeah. know that. I know that. I'm an Eagles fan. If you told me I had to go open up a business up in New York and I'm and it's going to maximize my profits, let's go, baby. I'm going. Yeah. And I'll go in Philly and get popcorn thrown on me, and it's okay. Look, it happened once. Okay. I know. First of all, okay, look. I don't. You, it was inappropriate. It should have happened. And by the way, it was a kid. Was it a kid? To me, the, there is a, a camera angle where they, you know, they uh, zoomed back. And to me, there was two kids that were right there looking down. So to me, I think it was a kid. Did Russell, did he say anything to them? I, I'm just wondering. Uh, were, were they chirping and he said something back and the kid just threw it? I don't know. I don't well, know. It but shouldn't like, have happened and, regardless. And, by the way, I, I, you know this, and I've told you this many a times. For as much as the, you know, the Eagles have this reputation, the Giants also had a snowball game. And I frankly think this goes on everywhere. I look, I mean, you know, we, we kid and joke, but my, my quote unquote second favorite team, the Buffalo Bills, their parking lot's like an ECW event. God, I can't, I, I, I so want to get up there. I mean, I Nick so Cage would fit in, uh, or what's his name? Not Nick, Nick Cage would fit in perfectly up there. Fuck that guy. Okay. I, uh, you said it. I didn't say it. Well, he can't come and fight me in Camden County. I'll be back in jail. He'll violate a parole. Yeah, I, I'm just not. I'm just not touching that issue. But go anyway, Gators, go Gateway. Yeah, good point. But so yeah, so the point they're not is, UCon, it, look, It's not like UConn fans. UConn yeah, fans. We, are scum, we were scum spit on. Scum we are literally worst, spit on. The worst human beings that either of us have ever encountered. The U UConn football fans. How are you enjoying that now, UConn? You know, you big, you're big, tough fans acting like a bunch of freaking Neanderthals. Enjoy your FCS competition in your stupid stadium that looks like a dilapidated racetrack. Yeah, good hot dogs, though. Very good hot dogs. We should have went to the uh, Bass Pro Shop while we were there. Yeah. Moving on to Eagles roster news. This is a move I, I really like if it pays off. Any roster move you like if it pays off. But the Eagles signed Ryan Kerrigan, formerly with the Redskins or Washington. This to me is a it's a good move because it brings in a veteran leader, which is definitely needed. I talked about it for I beat that drum a year ago when you let Malcolm Jenkins walk and then there's issues in a locker room. I can kind of correlate the two. I, I don't know what they're going to get out of them on the field. But sometimes it's not always about the play on the field. By the way, I really like that caveat there. It's a great move if it pays off. That's it is a great move if it pays off. That's it's a, that says a like a Yogi Berra-ism, like or something. But uh, yeah, I think I think it's a good move. I think he still has gas left in the tank. Look, the only reason his stats are down is because the Washington chose to invest in the edge rush position with Montez Sweat, then obviously Chase Young. So he no longer started, 
and that's why his numbers went down. But I think this is a guy who gets you eight to ten sacks, and that's a very good player. Uh, and plus, he will, you know, probably help bring along some of the younger players on that line. Uh, I think he probably then. I don't know if he makes Derek Barnett, uh, you know, trade bait. Maybe I don't know. I mean, I, I think well, they're gonna. Kerrigan will probably play a little bit of stand-up linebacker as well, I would imagine. Because you guys run a 4-3, he's a 3-4 guy. Nobody well, and, and that's the thing. Nobody is even really sure what to expect from the defense just yet. So what's his role yeah. going to be? Yeah, he's well, he's gonna be a pass rush specialist. That's uh that's probably what it is. So I like it. I think I think it's a great move. Uh, I am I'm I'm all for it. Let's see how it, it plays out. It, yeah, it's, it's a good move. There's no, you're not going to lose anything by bringing this guy in. I I I I to me it's it's a good move. Plus he obviously he knows the uh the, the division particularly the 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 football team very well. Um, yeah, it's it's a good move. I'm surprised it took him this long to find a home. And I wonder if that's just a weird, weird off season after a weird season, things are still trying to even out and come back to normal. Or is he doing this out of spite? Oh, I hope he's doing it out of spite too. Sometimes it works out. Sometimes it doesn't. I mean, Carlos Simmons went up to New York out of spite and you still to this day curse me about it. And I had nothing to do with it. Every time an Eagle goes up to New York, it sucks. So WIP had Brian Mitchell on for, with Glenn Macknell and, and, and Ray Didinger, tell us your story. Now I forgot that he was only with the Eagles for three years. And he That's had a good he was a, a fantastic with the Eagles. Not he wasn't what he was with the Redskins, but he was very, very, very good. And key part of that that those teams there that that made that little run. Uh then he went up to the <laughs> to the Giants. And again, you still curse at me for it. I didn't do it. I literally think that there's something about when a Philadelphia Eagle then signs with the New York Giants as they're traveling up the turnpike and they get north of exit nine, suddenly it's sort of like a Superman thing where the kryptonite comes over the body and they just, like, Brian Westbrook somehow in that trip north got old suddenly. It's terrible. Awful. Him and Carlos Evans just sucked. Herschel Walker, same thing. Sorry, it's, it's it's always yeah, it, and then the inverse of it works like, out. Mark Bavaro was an okay player for the Eagles yeah. when when yeah. he came. Just saying, yeah. Well, I guess it you know although you know you you guys did sign Steve Smith, the other Steve Smith, and it didn't work out. You guys did sign Kenny Phillips and Ruben Randall. Neither of those worked out either. So maybe it does go both ways. And maybe it does. Let's talk about the Giants. Giants making some signings. They signed Kelvin Benjamin. Yeah. Well, so this is a former, yeah. So this is a former Gettleman first round pick. Um, We have a lot of tight ends now. But look, the guy was gigantic and he's put on some muscle. I think it's worth it to put him on the 90 man, see how he fares in training camp and preseason. Is he playing a legit tight end position, or is he going to kind of be one of these hybrid? Now I'm not going to call him Kenny uh, what, uh, Pitts, but 
because that's obviously a, a rookie, a stud versus a guy that's a little bit long in the tooth. Yeah. Is he legitimately going to play tight end, though? Is he going to come down and block and all that stuff? Yeah, there there was highlights of him. Uh, Joe Judge was coaching him up with the blocking and everything else. So, you know, look, we have Evan Ingram, you know, at least for probably just for one more year because I, I don't know why you would resign him. We have Kyle Rudolph. We have this guy, Caden Smith's pretty good. We also have Nakia Griffin-Stewart, formerly a Rutgers player, then went as a grad transfer to Pitt. Uh, Garrett Dickerson, formerly a uh, Bergen Catholic grad. So, I, you know, I don't know where he's going to necessarily fit in, but he has athleticism. He's, you know, I mean, he's like six four. I think he's now like a good solid 250. It, it's worth a shot. I'm okay, you know. Again, I'm okay signing him to the 90-man. That's what this was. Literally, it was after part of the rookie minicamp. So this is going from one guy who signs to the 90-man to, to become a tight end, Tim Tebow, and we're, 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 we're shitting on it because he should have done it 10 years ago to now a guy that's trying to extend his career by, by making this move. It's going to be interesting to see. I'm rooting for one, not rooting for the other. Yeah, you know, I look – We'll see. I'm okay with the signing now. Yeah. I, I would tell you why. I, I From an Eagles perspective, I would like to see if this works for them, for the Giants. If Kelvin Benjamin, you can make it work. Eagles have a guy who is essentially been useless since he's been drafted, but he's a big dude. J.J. Ortega-Whiteside. Could they do a similar thing? Nah, he's not, okay, you see, he's not that. First off, he's not that big. He's only 6'2". How big do you have to be to be a tight end? I'd argue five foot eleven. That's because you always thought you were a tight end. I'm six foot. Okay, you know you realize you have to run a forty and under like six. I ran a forty in four nine. Sure. Not laser timed. Sure. by an offensive line coach. Wind aided. Wind aided, and it was probably a thirty eight. Uh, all I know is I ran it, and I turned around, and he said four nine, and I walked off the field. Okay. You got to run yeah. three more. I'm not running anything. You're not averaging anything for me. Get the hell out of here. By the way, even if all of so I know that that event occurred, even if it actually was a legitimate four nine, which I think is highly questionable, that even that was not uh, with that does not even equate to a, a good tight end. There, it was no prayer in hell that I actually ran a four nine. Plus the fact you can't catch the ball. I can catch the ball. Sure. Okay, well, now we're going to go film stuff of me running routes, <laughs> catching the ball. Okay. Some more That's signings fine. for the New York football giants. They go right to the West Jersey Football League. Uh, not all these guys were technically West Jersey Football League alums, but Corey Clement from Glassboro, Reichwell Armstead from Millville. Yeah. Talk to me about this. Adding well, to the so, running back room. Yeah, and this is because there are now reports that Saquon Barkley may not necessarily be ready for week one or that they're going to bring him along incredibly slowly and in the beginning parts of the year have him play a very limited role in the offense. I get it, you know, because he's a long he's a long term solution. He's a long term player. Why would you want to risk another injury? Um, You know, they went out and they signed. Actually, they overpaid for Devontae Booker like the second day of free agency. Uh, frankly, I like Corey Clement and Reichwell Armstead better. Reichwell Armstead was going to be the starting running back for the Jaguars last year. 
And people don't really take this, they don't talk about this. I think he probably more than any NFL player had the worst case of COVID. Um, fortunately, he's better. I guess he's finally made a full recovery. He was in the hospital, I believe, for well over a month, and he had recurring things, and I think he had some of the long-term effects of COVID. Uh, but obviously, he has recovered to the extent that a football team says that he, you know, they're willing to give him a chance. I like both of those guys in the running back room. Um, you know, they also the Giants drafted a six-round pick, uh, Gary Brightwell. They need depth, particularly if Saquon is going to be out or limited. So I, I'm all for those two signings. And as we've always talked about, I always root for local kids. Um, I was happy for Corey Clement when he won the Super Bowl. And, um, yeah, I, 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 so, you know, I will root for a kid from Glassboro and a kid from Millville any day. Yeah, I think this I, – I, I agree with the Rayquell Armstead pickup there. I had actually drafted him in fantasy with the thought process being that he's going to recover and he's going to get back to playing and yeah. they're going to have to run the ball, and it never did happen, obviously. So it's good to hear that he's healthy. And he's a yeah. Temple kid, and I, I – look, I know Temple, technically speaking, with us is a rival, especially with sort of not anymore because we have a real coach now at Rutgers, but – I, I root for a kid that from South Jersey that goes to a place like Temple, makes a name for himself and get into the National Football League. Corey Clement, I, I I liked when he was in Wisconsin. It was cool to see a kid from Glassboro do his thing. Made the greatest catch that nobody talks about in Eagles history in that Super Bowl in the back that. of the end zone from Nikki Foles, and no one talks about it. It was great. It was tremendous. I know you still haven't seen it. I guess yeah, we should have. I've I have yet to, to watch Super Bowl Fifty. Uh, I don't know what your problem is. I I don't have a look. I I congratulate. It's great. I'm I'm happy for you. I still can't watch that game without angst. I I I, I watch it and I'm 40, like, oh my god, they're gonna they're gonna blow the goddamn game. It only happened a couple years ago. Super Bowl Forty Two. So the giant, the first of the two giant Patriots Super Bowls was on last week, and I'm watching it with angst. It, it's it will happen the rest of your life, the and only, it's great. The only point I know, so I don't watch it now. I only like I'll go. Okay, to well, the that's end. idiotic. Well, that's I'll go idiotic. to the end. I can't do it. I can't work myself up. I get okay. myself all worked up. But no, I like the signings for the Giants. I agree with you from a running back room perspective. These are the kind of guys that you want to sign. You, yeah. you don't want to pay for a running back anymore. It's just stupid. You don't have to do it. Yeah. The only thing I'm, I'm not looking forward to is during the preseason when hopefully, I, I would hope because it's Bob Papa, he's going to be smart enough as to New Jersey geography. It does not say that Reichel Armstead and Corey Clement are not local boys or, or local guys to North Jersey. Local, you know what I mean? You always, because... I mean, how many times have they talked about um, Milv, uh, Mike Trout? Mike Trout. As relates to being a, you know, oh, he's the local boy from New York. Well, yeah, so uh, what's his name? Tim McCarver the one time. I think it was yeah. an all-star game. And he said it. Oh, you know, he grew up near New York City. And social media erupts with, the, you know, drawing a line from Millville, which really isn't even close to Philadelphia. It's but, south but, of the Mason-Dixon line. I know. Great burgers down there, too. But it, it has its own – it has its own 
the census geographic area. It's the Millville Vineland Bridgeton area. That means you're out of the you're out of it. Anyway, it's south of the Mason Dixon line. You cannot be a neighbor to New York. Right, exactly. Moving on. Coming up here on the show, we are going to be doing our own Mount Rushmores of top four for each franchise in the National Football League. So here's how this is going to work. We're going to select teams from each division, two for Brett, two for me, with the exception of the NFC East. The NFC East, we're going to, each of us are going to do all four teams. We need to set ground rules here. Yeah, so may, so, uh, so uh, the Mount Rushmore has four, right? Yes. Our coaches, uh, the, the real, the, the lone question to me is, do we include coaches, front office people, owners? I'm leaning towards no. I'm, I'm leaning towards sort of. So now well, you throw your hands up in the air. Just like yes. you just don't care. Come on now. So when I think of the Green Bay Packers, right? What? I can't believe you. Never mind. I understand the Green Bay Packers with Vince Lombardi. You have to be. But then when I think of the Raiders, it's Al Davis. I understand, but I feel like it's a more interesting exercise if we just leave it to players. Because, yes, Vince Lombardi, Al Davis, George Hallis, right? I get it. Who is New England? Don Shula. Yeah, so I think there's certain – I was going to say no owners, but Al Davis – you could argue Al Davis was a coach. The Raiders are Al Davis. I don't know what that says about the Raiders, but just win, baby. I mean, when we were growing up, our Pop Warner team was the, was the Raiders because my father had an affinity for Al Davis and the just win, baby, and the black and the silver. Amongst being an Eagles fan. Yeah, our helmets were white. What? Our helmets were white. Well, I didn't get to pick that. What do you want me to do? The league wouldn't let us paint them until the next year. Yeah, then your father used the wrong color blue. I don't know what to tell you. The internet <laughs> didn't really exist at that point. All the way. He got, he got really pissed at me when I told him to. So I think we should include owners. I don't so, necessarily think you should include like a front office personnel, a GM, a true GM. Well, if if hypothetically there's a team where that really was the case, you would include an owner, you wouldn't include a GM. To me, it, if you're going to include one, you have to include – you have to at least have the other eligible. We could put this on the Twitter. We could do that too. But I, I just thought I just thought the two intelligent people might be able to agree. Well, I think come players, to, come to so an agreement. Is it going to be play if it's players only? Then that's one thing. I just think that certain teams, their Mount Rushmore is it has coaches, has ownership to it. I guess. I guess my thing was it's so the obvious. San Francisco 49ers. So wait, Bill Walsh. Yeah, I just think there's too many of them, and I thought it would be a more Interesting exercise if we were to exclude coaches and so a player, just leave it as players. Players only Mount Rushmore. Yeah, because, again, look, I, and I'm not – this isn't me trying to take away from those coaches' um, accomplishments. 
you know, I just think it's more interesting if you name four Chicago Bear players, four Green Bay Packer players. You know, and don't you dare look, whoever it is, if we put Jordan Love, Aaron Rodgers is not going to listen to the show anymore. No, he's not, but he's welcome to come on and uh, always give us an introduction. He does a very good job of that from his time on Jeopardy. Yes, absolutely. So with that being said, you want to you want to start picking the teams? Yeah, so let's start with the AFC East. Yeah, I will give you first pick in the AFC East. All right, so in the AFC East, my first selection in the Mount Rushmore is the New York Jets. Okay. I'm going to go – I'll go New England Patriots. You're going to be mad at me. I'm going to take your Buffalo Bills. Okay. I will go. Well, I think we'll do. I think that means I'll go with the Dolphins. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I'm making it like that. a selection. Like, yeah. Yes. All right. So I'll get the first choice in the AFC North. I'll go Pittsburgh. All right. You go Pittsburgh. Now, when I select Baltimore, it's just the Ravens. Okay. Baltimore. It's just, yeah, it's just. From you know Memorial Stadium, nineteen ninety seven on. Okay. Uh, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with the Browns. Who's my other team there? Um, I'll let you figure that out. Cincinnati. <laughs> yeah. Devil's Devil, backbone. Devil's backbone. <laughs> Someone posted a picture of Riverfront Stadium on a on a Facebook group that I'm part of. Lost ballparks of baseball, and it was yeah. the bridge. And I'm like, oh, it's devil. That's the root from Devil's Backbone. Yeah, crickets. Yeah. Well, you know, people sometimes don't understand greatness. All right, you have the first pick in the AFC South. In the AFC South, I am going to take. I'm going to take the Colts. All right, now, behold, we so we should. Mm. That's a Colts franchise. Yeah, it's a Colts franchise, but it's weird because like you think of. Johnny Unitas, you think of Baltimore. Take, take, take Tennessee. No, no, no. Yeah, no, you're right. You're absolutely right. So, no, for both of us. So, the Colts, yeah, okay. So, you, you're taking the Colts. Uh, I'm going to take, yeah, I'm, I'm going to take Tennessee. I'm going to take Jacksonville and Tim Tebow. I guess that leaves me with the Joshua Fabia of the NFL. Houston, the Houston Texans. That's what I'm calling them from now on. And for all you goal line stand fans who don't know what I'm referencing, I encourage you to check out our other show, our other podcast in the fight show, and you will figure out who Joshua Faby is. He personifies the Houston Texans right now. Uh, all right. So AFC West, I get the first pick. You get the first uh, pick. I'm going to go with the Las Vegas Raiders. I'm going to go with the Los Angeles Chargers. Okay. I'm going to go. I'll go Denver Broncos. I'll take uh, the fighting Andy Reeds. Okay. Well, I figured that made sense for you. Wow. I can't believe Kansas City went last in that. Yeah, it's kind of easy-ish, sort of. All right. Uh, so let's start. We'll go back. So let's start NFC. West, you get the first pick. I'm going to take this one is uh, is my favorite, one of my favorite teams because of Pete Carroll. I'll take the Seahawks. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I will take 
Um, you can take the Arizona Cardinals. You bastard. You, you stole it from me. I'm going to take – I'm taking the Rams. Okay. I'm going to – well, I guess that means – leaves me with the Niners. Uh, so I get the first pick in the NFC South. I will take I'll take Tampa. I will take the Falcons. I'll take New Orleans. Who else do we have there? Who am I missing? Keep pounding. That's their term. The Panthers. Carolina, sorry. Yeah. All right, you get the first pick in the north. I know who you're picking. I'm gonna take the Bears. Yeah. Leave that one. Uh, I'm gonna. I'll Always go pride, to, baby. I, I thought we were gonna go Cherry Hill, Pop Warner, pride. Well, that too, but the, the most amount of uh, Polish people outside of Warsaw. Yeah. Um. Green Bay. I'll take Minnesota. That leaves me with Detroit. Ooh, that's a fun one. <laughs> it's an interesting one. It's an old. Those are old. Well, actually, is, the Vikings yeah. are the youngest yeah. franchise there. So, all right. So, we, so we have our teams. We'll, um, we, so we have some. And so next week we're gonna do our AFC Mount East, Rushmore's. AFC East. I thought we were doing the whole AFC. We could break this up amongst the conference the divisions. We could break whatever you want to do. I'm we'll figure it We'll figure it out. Either way, it'll be something of the AFC East. Or the AFC. There it is. <laughs> the All-American Football Conference selection. We'll be doing that's a Mount a, that, That's a different – that's a defunct league. That is true. Yeah. Wait wait till we do Mount Rushmore's on defunct leagues. Then it's going to get real fun. You could do that. Yeah. Yes, we could. Wait till we get to the CFL. Yeah. See what happens there. On that note, we'll be back next week. Be sure to check out those who support us. Michael's Glass Company, serving the Philadelphia Tri-State area since 1978. 215-338-3293 for all your window shower door and window home window needs. Tell them Mike and Brett sent you. DePaul's Table in the heart of Ardmore, 70 East Lancaster Avenue, a modern Italian steakhouse. Happy hour, Monday through Friday, 4.30 to 6.30. Dinner, 5 to 9 daily thepaulstable.com for reservations. We will see you next week. Hey, enjoy enjoy football and NFL Network. I don't know what's on. Hopefully it's not a Super Bowl that's going to give you agita.